at AIA Australia, helping your clients in their time of need is our number one priority. In 2016, we paid over $1.15 billion in claims to both retail and group members. That's over $4.5 million every working day. To offer your clients cover you can trust, chat to your AIA CDM today. Welcome to XY Live today. We've got uh, financial wellness and advice. And today's special guest is Gavin Glazier from Your Wealth Hub. We've had a bit of a, a super sub uh, for Mark Bynum uh, for certain reasons. Uh, but Gavin is across all this stuff. He's got some great things to share with us and hopefully inspire uh, some advisors out there to make changes and, and adopt new things in their business. Uh, Gavin's Gavin's heavily involved with AFA uh, with the Leaders Forum. So if, if you've um, you might have seen him around uh, organising uh, separate conferences and things like that, he does a great job there. And uh, he's he's a very keen surfer. So uh, yeah, spends a bit of time on the north side. Loves getting away for a good surf. And uh, when he's not in the office, so Gavin, welcome. Uh, Thank you. How about Thank you, you share a bit of your How about you share a bit of your background? And you're yeah, absolutely. Welcome. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, firstly, thanks for having uh, me on today. Yeah, Mark had uh, unfortunately sub out today, and uh, he thought all the same. Probably best get me involved. Um, we we've kind of been working on your wealth hub now for two years, and it's grown to a to a great little program, which I'll I'll, I'll share a little bit more about today. But yeah, my background. Um, I joined um, Mark's business um, about three years ago coming up in September, so almost at my uh, anniversary there, which is exciting. And before that, I was in the corporate world. So I was holding different positions with Macquarie Bank, Macquarie Life there in uh, Asteron and AMP, uh, which was my last role as, as state manager there. And uh, yeah, got uh, talking to Mark about what he wanted to do in his business. And he said, why don't you come over and, and help me position what we're doing for the future? So a big part of the role was all about kind of reshaping a, an existing large practice and position it so it can be reactive and, and more importantly, proactively managing and becoming more agile for our clients of the future. And that was the challenge that was set. And, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of weird looking at three years on how much we've achieved, but uh, we're sitting in a really good position now. And I'll, I'll talk a bit about more uh, about that journey today. Yeah, so in a in a bit of a summary, like what what is your wealth hub and how how would you describe it? Yeah, yeah, your wealth hub is um, your wealth hub is a financial wellness program that we roll out to um, corporates, and we initially built your wealth hub as a I suppose a solution that we saw um, an issue I suppose that was facing the corporate super community, and in Australia there's there's a probably a you know, probably about 30 or 40 actual corporate super specialist firms. And at the time, three years ago, grappling with what my super was actually going to do. And, you know, Mark, by his own admission, had said, you know, we've worked with a lot of our corporates in the past, but, you know, we feel we could do, be doing so much more. So we kind of put our heads together and worked on what it is that we need to do to, A, be successful in our business, um, but, B, you know, really kind of challenge the status quo around how you engage and how you um, kind of take advice out to the people. And you know, if you look at the statistics, they, they really haven't changed when two out of 10 people put their hand up to engage and eight out of 10 really kind of continue on doing their own thing and kind of not really engage at all. So we figured that that had to change. And first and foremost, that had to change. So we created this concept of your wealth hub where we would go out to employer groups and really advocate financial wellness. Financial wellness two, uh, two or three years ago 
was not really a concept that was really kind of um, used a lot in Australia. In the States, uh, financial wellness and kind of wellness programs um, are quite prevalent. I saw a stat the other day which which highlighted that 86% of businesses in the States have some kind of financial wellness program, where over here in Australia, there's only 9%. So, you know, we kind of, we've got a long way to go if we kind of, kind of compare ourselves to what's happening in the States. So we decided to, to build a, a holistic program that would take out, um, I suppose, a, a, a very... Um, a very clear and kind of concise program for employers to show them how financial stress impacts their workplace, but then empowered their staff to take control of their financial affairs. And as opposed to having people, you know, 80% of people not really taking any note of their financial affairs or not, not knowing where to turn, we decided this program and, and building this program, we take that into account and, and build, you know, um, ongoing monthly education updates and face-to-face um, education sessions in the workplace and you know, lunch, uh, brown bag lunch sessions, those types of things and things like that. And then we had our website and uh, our financial knowledge center, which you know, energy helped power for us, which is fantastic. Um, All together, we've got this program, which is which is pretty cool. So, so I guess like it's a bit to an extent, it's a bit reactionary, but also um, you guys have, haven't just reacted to the changes with Fofer and things like that. You've also sort of said, oh, how can we take this a step further and make make a real uh, good go of it? What are what are some of the like to give people an understanding of because you did quite you've done a bit of research around all the needs and and um, how this uh, I guess the the problems that employees are dealing with. Um, what are some of the stats that you've discovered? Um, over the last few yeah. years, yeah, yeah, probably the probably one of the best reports that may even have been a bit of the backbone for this came out of the Wesley Mission, Wesley Mission Financial Stress Report that came out in May uh, 2015, and it showed that kind of 40 odd percent, roughly 40 percent of people suffer financial stress, and as a result, they they move into this kind of realm of presenteeism, and, and, and presenteeism is the I suppose the impact of being physically present but mentally absent. So in that, we were finding people were doing things they shouldn't be doing in the workplace and typically they spend, on average, an hour a day doing things they shouldn't be doing, which means if people are financially stressed, they're doing things um, other than their work, which is impacting the bottom line of productivity in a workplace. So for us, when we went out and talked about the impact of financial stress with employers, we uh, were able to share that you know, financial stress is real. We can show you how, um, how financial stress and the lack of productivity from some of these people is impacting you. Um, and that was a big eye-opener for a lot of people. You know, if, you, if you consider you know, one hour a day uh, from 40% of your staff and take an average salary times that by your number of employees, it's a pretty crazy number. And for, for most people, I think if you look at you know, a business with um, a thousand employees, you're looking at about three and a half million dollars worth of lack of productivity straight off the bat. So it's it's pretty crazy. And when we start talking to HR directors, they love the concept of empowering their staff members and getting them over the whole burden of financial stress. But then you often speak to the CFOs who are paying for the program, and you start showing statistics about lack of productivity and where you could be, and that's where they get really excited. And that's that's the cool part. That's what, that's the cool part. So how, how do you, like, obviously there's a big need. How do you, what are the steps you guys take to, to go about this? And obviously engagement's a, a big part of how you're going to make an impact if no one's actually paying any attention. So what are, what are some of the things you do to engage the employer base? Yeah, absolutely. So 
first and foremost, we went to all our corporate super partners. Um, we had a pretty good response from the vast majority saying, you know what, we really like what you're, you're trying to do here. Um, we share with them the story about the evolution of um, you know, financial advice and obviously empowering people that wouldn't typically get advice. Now, success for us was always going to be if we could touch more Australians and allow more people to get um, educated in the basics of financial um, you know, awareness, then they're going to be better off. So first and foremost, we went back to our corporate partners. Um, in doing that, you know, the vast majority were really, really receptive and we've been able to roll out induction programs and then we roll out three education sessions per um, location per year. Outside of corporate super, we found that there was a market of people who wanted to actually be in this space but didn't know how to. And we typically found that businesses between 100 staff and kind of 500 staff with maybe a sweet spot between three and 500 was kind of where we found that it worked really well. They were big enough where they knew they had to do something, but not big enough where they had a team of people that could actually build something themselves. So in that, we, we take pretty much the same message, talking about financial empowerment and financial wellness and you know, getting people to think in the right sphere, and uh, took it out to these employees directly. So this is away from kind of the corporate super conversation. Um, same thing, you know, if you look at statistically that 9% of Australian businesses have some kind of financial wellness, you know, our stats kind of reflected that initially. Then we started refining our messages and, and moving away from where at first we went out talking about financial literacy and talked about financial wellness and, you know, kind of you know, holistic kind of financial affairs and kind of how we can support that, sharing tools and the education sessions, et cetera. We got a much better response, which is great. So, what, what was some of the, I was just say, what were some of the hiccups that you sort of came across with, like, and learnings that you had on the way there, things yeah. that didn't work and things that sort of worked well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think probably with the biggest learning was taking our industry speak and taking that out to consumers and employers. I think we in the financial planning profession, we understand exactly what we're about and how we do what we do. I think we took the concept of financial literacy out first, expecting that people would gravitate towards it, but we found quite the opposite. We found that people saw that as a negative. Um, the reason I felt strongly that we needed to change it is people felt that we, th that they thought we thought they didn't know what they were talking about. So the illiteracy part was a real turnoff for a lot of people. When we moved and shifted to financial wellness, people kind of got it, and it was much more of a subtle kind of conversation. And you know, combination of that, and then we had a couple of uh, good clients come on board, share their experiences, and kind of using some of the, the new reports that's been coming out of the states and Canada. Um, it was just it was a matter of you know if you, if you consider like a, a watch, a timepiece, you know, lots of moving parts, and if you move everything the right way, you're eventually going to get a combination that works really well. So. It was refining that message that I think has got us into you know, more businesses that want to you know, do more with their staff. Mm. Well, the, I guess um, I, there's a lot of advisors out there that might have uh, a couple of um, corporate books on uh, as part of their practice. Um, yeah. Is this the sort of stuff that some advisors could do themselves um, out to these, these corporate books to re-engage and, and to get an yeah. uplift engagement? Yeah. Absolutely. It was, it was funny. Kind of when, we, when we went to market and started talking to people about what it is that we, we were doing, I think we went to um, the AFA conference two years ago and we had a stand there and we thought, we'll, we'll just try to see what, just try it. We took a box and uh, you know, a very, very small box in the, in the corner uh, and uh, we had a, a stream of people kind of come by and have a look and you know, slowly but surely a few advisors who had dormant, um, 
dormant um, you know, corporate super books but hadn't been aware of what the changes for my super actually meant. So I was saying, okay, so, so how would this work? And we sat down and firstly explained the my super experience and then we started talking about, well, this is how it would impact your client book. But, but more importantly, rather than just dealing with the people that are in the fund, in the default fund, you have to deal with 100% of the member base inside that corporate. And that instantly turned you know, a few people you know, to be pretty excited about what it actually meant. So now we find ourselves where we have advisors who use us in their tender process. So they use us as an outsource resource and we come in with the education component and obviously we'll deliver um, the, the financial wellness program. And that's, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a conversation between the advisor and, and us and we've got different incarnations of that. But you know, for the majority of the time, you know, we deliver the majority of, of education. We run the monthly educational updates that come through one-on-ones. The advisor may want to be involved in the one-on-ones and um, they, can, they can jump in and do those one-on-ones. Typically, we find that most advisors just want a particular type of, of business. The way we've set up Your Wealth Hub is that we can do everything from kind of self-directed. You can jump online and do a, you know, a tax return for 20 bucks uh, through an online portal, or you can do a free, free debt review or um, you know, get an online will. They're things that people will probably do themselves anyway. And the next level is if you want to put your hand up for advice, you may want to use the the financial um, health check tool, which we use. And in that, that's a great lead generator for people to then call back the member and talk about what the next steps are. And that's what we see a lot of people use. And that, that's, a, that's a real benefit because, you know, as, as I said, you know, it's a, it is a lead opportunity off the back of that, having the right questions and asking, asking the right questions to help there. Yeah, so I, I guess like a, what you mentioned is a key differentiator in terms of when you're looking at corporate super traditionally, it's required um, clients to really opt into that because there's a super choice out there and um, if clients haven't opted into that corporate super fund, then that practice doesn't have as much engagement with that employee essentially. So you, what you guys are looking at is you've got, uh, I guess, across across the the whole um, the whole business and the employer makes a call that everyone gets exposure to this, yeah. and um, and you've got a whole lot of other channels that you wouldn't have um, yeah. with just ordinary corporate super. I guess is that yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, the the strong feedback we got initially was that our members, our employees, they don't want to talk about super. They don't care about super. Um, you know, as sad as that is, you know, we all know the stats of how important it is, but we think it's great. It's just not even in their sphere. So for us, you know, we go out talking about financial goal setting for the year. We talk about good debt versus bad debt. Might be talking about renting versus buying. What are the statistics around that? Um, we talk about what's in it for them in the budget. We talk at the end of tax year around how to prepare yourself for a better tax return, um, how to buy your first property, you know, different ways of saving. Um, Acorns have come on the journey with us and they've partnered with us. Um, you know, we talk about micro-investing and how that works. Now, anything that people want to engage in, they get to do it at their own, own pace. But the thing that they expect us to talk about is the stuff that you know, they don't really want to know about. So by talking about you know, the debt piece, the cash flow piece, and you know, using some of the tools that we have to get people excited, you inevitably get to talk about those great um, you know, things that we can do. Um, we talk about a whole range of other things as well, which, which is by far the most important part. And, and equally, one of the things that we learned about refining our message it wasn't just talking about super um because we all know how that goes <laughs> yeah exactly well the um i guess one of the one of the things that a lot of people will be curious about is you've talked about a few things that you've plugged into it what's what's the tech behind all this what sort of 
how does it, how does it all work together? What are some of the cool um, tools that you use that maybe other people can make use of that you might suggest? Yeah, absolutely. So energy forms a big part of our backbone. You know, we use energy for our, our knowledge centre. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in what Rob and the guys have done there. Um, that's that's the one. Uh, that's X Plan owned now, or RSO? Yeah, Iris Iris owned now. Um, you know, I, I think they do a great job. And you know, if you look to see who's out in the marketplace. Um, there's very few people who come close with the, the level of detail that they go to and they're, they're really user-friendly, they're really light. I, I really like and I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, we use My Prosperity as well, so in terms of like the cash flow conversation for a lot of our younger um, for all of our younger members that are part of it, you know, they want the basics. They want to have control and visibility of everything. So my prosperity's worked really well. So we'll do kind of like little coaching sessions on how to get the most out of the my prosperity software, which is great. Um, Acorns I mentioned as well. You know, I think Acorns is a great um, a, a great piece of technology that's been able to come to Australia. I saw an article uh, yesterday that it just um, topped out at $100 million of, of funds, which is which is fantastic. So you know, they're doing really well. And no doubt the guys are going to do a lot of work there to continue to invest in that software. Um, we use the Astute Wheel uh, for different aspects, uh, the financial health check we use in there. Um, we have uh, basically in the self-service area, we have different kind of forms. I think we use some jot forms in there as well. Uh, which I think, um, Adrian, you may even put me onto uh, a little while ago. <laughs> no mind a job for <laughs> Exactly right. Um, we also, uh, we've got... Have you, have you started, I know I, sh- I know I showed you Zapier um, once. Did you end up uh, getting any zaps <laughs> so I going yet? I got, I got very excited about Zapier and uh, got back to the office and started looking, oh, we can do this, this and this, but I haven't, I haven't implemented any yet. But that's definitely definitely on the list, absolutely. I know you're I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what else in terms of marketing and, and that sort of thing? How do you... Yeah, yeah. So from, um, so from a marketing perspective, we have kind of these, these monthly kind of educational updates that we kind of refine as well. We add a few different stories in. So that's a big part of what we do. Um, we use time trade to book one-on-one um, uh, meetings with people who come to our education sessions. So after every education session, we have a one-on-one kind of afternoon kind of booked out. So we use time trade to kind of book through that. We use Rocket Seed for um, our communications and marketing in, in that respect. Um, so tell me a bit more about Rocket Seed. How's that? How's that work? Yes. Yeah, so kind of personalised emails and also email tracking and. Um, for us, you know, we can send all our electronic communications out and obviously get all the success rates and bounce backs and everything. So it's probably a bit like active campaign or something like along that. Yeah, very, very, yep. very similar. Yeah, yeah very, very similar. Um, one thing we just, um, we just kind of picked up is pipe drive. That's another one that we use to manage kind of leads that come off the back of it, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm, I'm a visual person. I like to, I like to um, see things. So pipe drive was a really cool way of kind of understanding where people are at in our in our process. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a couple of others that are coming coming on very soon. We've got a partnership with Spriggy that's coming on, a partnership mm-hmm. with Direct Money. Um, we've got a partnership with um, Discover365 that's um, a new one, um, okay. and that's that's basically our um, member benefits portal. So I didn't talk about that before, but that's kind of part of you know, the carrot or the stick type of thing. You know, For us, we want to be able to encourage people to come to our um, our site and experience our education sessions and, and, and engage online. So mm-hmm. they're able to uh, allow to, to, to help people kind of come on board and see some great specials with travel and accommodation. So that's, um, that's really important for, for, for us as well to, to be able to reward and obviously educate at the same time. 
Mm. Well, the, I guess when you're talking about the technology with the talking about pipe drive and, and how that flows through and the visualization of it, I guess a lot of people, um, like when you, when you look at full service advice, there's a whole suite of, like, I guess, um, other things that come into play. How do you, what are the, what are the key transition points for clients as they escalate to something that's more holistic advice? How does, are there two or three points where you acknowledge that, oh, these are significant, they've just transferred into another, a more engaged yeah. segment? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have kind of three levels of engagement. We've got um, quite clearly the self-directed and they're people that may come to an education session, they may pick up some information um, and they may just jump back on the website through the login and they can cruise around themselves. And our first point of call through the financial wellness program is to encourage as many people to jump back into the website and explore, look at a video, uh, look at an article or a learning module, whatever it may be. So that's kind of first and foremost, that's our kind of default position. Secondly, we go to the next level where people may want to, they become armed and dangerous, they've got a bit of information and they may want to go and execute one of the low cost solutions that sit on there at the moment. So if they want a tax return or insurance review or consolidate your super, uh, get a will, uh, debt, whatever it may be, there's, there's oodles of different options there. Um, it's a self-directed space. When people come back at that point and say, look, you know what? I know what I need to do. I just qu don't quite know how to do it. Then we move into a scaled advice conversation. And that's when they'll move to either a Nolan Co or a Strictly Super conversation and they can have a conversation around that. And that's where I suppose for other advisors who have looked at this have found it attractive because that's where the lead generating opportunities come in for those advisors. So if someone puts a hand up for advice, we send that lead straight back to the, the advisor that's giving, um, that obviously owns that fund or has the association. So that's that's the kind of the, the second and third step. And, you know, obviously the, 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 the pipe dream for us is then move into a full advice conversation and, and then people can engage. So we've, we've seen situations where people will come back to us after a period of time and say, hey, I saw you, your education session. I really liked what you're saying there about maybe retirement. We've had a few of those in recent times. Um, yeah, I need to get my pension sorted out now. How, how, can we, how can we sort that out? And then more often than not, they'll say, yeah, no worries, speak to my wife as well. And then we start kind of having the engaged conversation. So mm. that kind of six-month, nine-month, one year is, is typically when we see people starting to come back and ask questions. If they've done two or three sessions, we, we know that probably they're going to do something with us. And then we look at the stats. Uh, as well around um, the analytics of um, you know, who's looking at which articles. If we see people who are looking at the same type of article, we know that they're going to be a high chance of kind of having a conversation soon. So we preempt that call and, and drop them a line or um, help them out with some more information. So, so with, like, if we're looking at um, practices that don't have as much resources out there and, and they've got, they maybe got a bit of a dormant uh, client base that they want to re-engage, what are, what are the areas that you're seeing that you get the most engagement out? So if they could, they just, they can only pick, they've got so much time, they've got to pick something and they, they've got to try and reactivate yeah. and get a bit more engagement. What would you suggest yeah. that they look at? What, what have you seen the most success with? Yeah, I think, um, I think debt plays a big part in people's lives. And when you consider from a, an emotional attachment, the biggest component in your paycheck that goes and leaves your account every week is debt. And when you start talking to people about you know, good debt versus bad debt or perhaps being in a position where they you know, don't feel comfortable with their current provider, I think having a conversation alerting them to what's happening in the marketplace or you know, is your debt uh, structured the right way, you're getting the most out of you know, whatever it is that you may be invested in or whatever, that tends to have a really good reaction for us. 
mm-hmm. probably a, a close second. And strangely enough, although people don't kind of get involved too much in super, we talk to a lot of people who don't have beneficiaries or their beneficiaries expired through binding nomination. Um, that gets us really good um, feedback at the same time. So we get a lot of people interested to know how do we get it up to scratch. So I think definitely kind of the, the debt conversation um, mm-hmm. is, is one that works really well. Secondly, beneficiaries. Um, if, if they do have a dormant client base, then they know they've expired. Uh, and thirdly, particularly for Gen Y, uh, we ran a session for 25, under 25-year-olds 25 in, um, in April. Um, and for them, it, the two kind of key things that came out of that was cash flow and lifestyle in, in that bucket. And the second mm-hmm. was buying, buying versus renting and, and saving for the first, first home. Mm. So other two areas we had a lot of kind of focus on it, and we've got another session coming up. We're going to focus on the whole um, buying versus renting. So particularly in, in Sydney, I guess that's and any capital yeah. city, I guess it's uh... yeah, it's all relative. It's all it's hard. You know, it's there's a lot of competition, and you know the, the people who are 25 at the moment, the people that we're talking to, they've almost kind of I suppose made themselves redundant to the fact that um, I'm not going to buy my first home. Like it, it's going to be that much of a struggle. Um, through the tools and what we're able to do to educate people, I think we can do a whole lot to help comfort them and get them in the right sphere if that's what they want to do. Mm. So, so these people are filtering through the different stages of engagement. What are the sort of uh, percentages that um, that are work like? How how from from that initial okay, an employer's on. How many people are making it through the different stages and actually engaging on a percentage basis? Yeah. So if, if you look at, I suppose, leads from the start of the year that have been generated, um, that we're talking, having an active conversation about, we're probably looking at about 10%. So 10% of people have come through and have shown interest in something. And so attended us, the workshop or? No, of, of the total pool, total pool at the moment. Okay. So people in, engaged in your wealth hub. So for so us, someone that's, you've gone out to a new employer and you've set up, a, um, set up an account and these people have yeah. set up those, the employees have set up an account, 10% of those people. Yeah, we, we typically we typically see forty percent of those people engage, which, funnily enough, is around that financial stress number that we we talked about at the start of the year. We know that twenty percent are going to have um, an, a relationship already, and probably going to feel pretty confident because they're talking to you, know, you someone else, or, or another advice practice. So we kind of discount them off the top, and we're left with 40 percent of that. So half of those people are going to be financially stressed in some way, and our numbers of engagement line pretty well up with the people that need it. So we're pretty we're pretty stoked with that. Mm-hmm. So we know that we know that of people that kind of come along to an education session or come to a one on one, half again will engage and then half again will proceed. So for us, that ten to twelve percent figure is is pretty well on on par where it needs to be. Yeah, great. And and these are these at the end of this, you're getting you're getting a number of full service ongoing clients that are committed to a sort of un, yeah. obviously you need to do the education around um, full service advice. Absolutely. So the vast majority is, is in a scaled conversation and it might be you know, just looking at one aspect of their financial affairs. Mm-hmm. But then through that body of work, it allows you to ask the question about what's next. And then mm-hmm. after that first initiation, it's then where do we go from there? Typically, I'll say, look, just sort out my pension or just consolidate my super or you know, I need to update my insurances. Can you just do a review something like that? But that's obviously the, the, the past back to the planning practice. Mm-hmm. Your Wealth Hub doesn't give any advice. It's, it's completely an educational service. So everything that we do with other people, it's, it's just basically a, we'll alert and, and kind of market and, and be able to engage so people understand and learn more. Um, and then if they want to, they can then speak to somebody else about that stuff. 
So for, for, for the guys out there that are sort of, they've, they've got holistic advice and they may, they may have struggled to sort of scope things down and how do you sort of modulize things so you can have um, a couple of, um, I guess, personal advice touch points before it gets to um, what would be a comprehensive SOA potentially. Um, are there any suggestions you have around how people should go around that, about that? Yeah, I think, um, I think the, the jump that's made between you know, general information and factual information moving to a scaled advice to a full advice um, needs to be really, really clear and needs to be documented really, really well. You, know, you, kind of, you walk a fine line depending on the types of questions that you ask. Um, you know, if someone comes to you straight away and says, this is the situation, you uncover more of a, of a need, obviously your obligation is to go into that into greater detail. So it, it becomes becomes a little bit hard to have a scale conversation if they then talk about their debt and their credit card debt and you know what's happening at home and all the rest. So I don't think I don't think in any situation you will want to move down a scenario where it's just about having a scaled advice conversation. It's about asking the right questions up front to get the right answers. And mm-hmm. you know, in you know, for us in Nolan Co and Strictly Super, we we have our own financial services license. You know, it sits the same as any other license, but different different uh, licensees are going to have their rules around what you need to do at different stages. So um, I think what everyone will say consistently, it's all back down to the questions that you ask and mm-hmm. addressing the need presented to you. So you're, you're essentially still advocating um, once it crosses over to an engagement with a licensed uh, advisor, uh, yeah. the GP approach still needs to apply where you're evaluating someone's situation and Absolutely. Uh, no scoping prior to that when it comes to Absolutely. a licensed person in your business. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If, if someone comes through um, your wealth pub and says, look, specifically, um, we need to address my TTR or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 30, I want to get my first house, um, you know, I need to get a home loan, whatever the case may be. Once you've gone through that professionally, obviously, you, you understand where they're at. Um, mm. The questions you ask after will lead you down the journey around what it is they actually need, what's powering that conversation. And in that, you can get a great outcome by not just addressing the immediate need, but obviously doing so much more for them if that's the case. Mm. Challenge comes when someone says, you know, it's just super. Just look after my super. It's all over the place. I've got 15 accounts and uh, there's five grand in each of them and, and, and that's it. You know, that's, that's, that's the challenge sometimes. And a lot of the time, you know, we're having conversations with people that really aren't familiar with how advice works. And mm. having a conversation around, you know, the value we bring looks like this. And that may be something very different to the people who are looking for a transactional relationship. They can still have a transactional relationship. It just needs to be clearly articulated that that's, this is the scope of what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. Thanks for breaking that down. I think, I think a lot of, um, like we had a great session with Dante DeGory uh, the other week around and really got a bit um, in the thick of it around uh, general advice and personal advice with a lot of these online solutions now. And, Looking at um, what regulates them and what regulates a personal advisor, and um, how how personal advisors have to jump through so many hoops, and is yeah. that same uh, requirement going through? I guess I guess with what you do at this stage, um, it is very much it's not even in the general advice space. It's actually um, it's really at that step before general advice, really a whole education right. piece around um, like with what Energy does. I understand there's yeah. there's tests in there as well that they've got that. Um, so education, there's yeah, tests yeah, yeah. in the base and... Yeah, quizzes and all, th- all things like that. The, I suppose the key is in, in those specific areas, the, the businesses we brought together that basically 
created and, and, and are part of your wealth hub all work under their own general AFSLs. So the information that they provide and, and they share basically sits signed off from, from those businesses. You know, we've, we've facilitated a great solution. Um, we've gone a step further and um, been able to hold people's hands to, to engage and, and bring them together with something they probably needed some time ago. One thing, one thing I kind of learned a long time ago in corporate world um, was that, you know, a lot of businesses have these fantastic tools. They're amazing and, and they're constantly building these things. They're throwing them over the fence, telling the world how great they are. But what's lacking there is people to sit down with them and show them and hold their hand how this will benefit them. And that's where we really sit in a, in a privileged position to be able to go out and, and, sh- and bring these great tools to these people that wouldn't typically have picked up one of these, these amazing kind of, you know, a lot of money spent on these tools. Um, we're able to join, join them together and show them how to benefit and show them how this is going to help make their life easier and understand their financial position. And I think that's a big part of what we do that kind of we kind of we over or sorry underestimate sometimes. You know, we, we do facilitate so much. And um, you know, there's some great tools out there. We've just gone out to market and found them, brought them together, packaged them up, and now we tell people about them. Um, you know, the, the rules are the same for everybody. What we're doing is kind of I suppose you know, facilitating the best outcome and, and looking for the best tools to help people. Yeah, well, you're doing um, things are moving along pretty nicely for you guys. I think. I think you said you've got a new um, evolution coming in the next yeah. little while. Um, you've got a yeah. big upgrade. Yeah, yeah, we're doing version 2.0, so we're bringing a whole new range of, of, of solutions with partners. We've gone out to the marketplace for. We'll have um, aged care solutions. We'll have um, you know, banking solutions for kids, which we talked about through Spriggy. Um, mm. Uh, consolidation of credit card debt tools, um, salary packaging tools, um, and a new um, member benefits portal that we're kind of bringing on as well. So there's a lot of lot of cool things in the build at the moment. So uh, the, the the next kind of three or four months are going to be pretty exciting for us. Well, you, you've um, you've sort of you add a bit more of an established point at the moment. If you look back over the last few years, uh, what are some of the things that you might have done differently, or um, in retrospect? Yeah, good question. Um, you know what? The last, the last, um, the last three years have been an absolute journey. You know, we've we, we've come in, and you know, Mark and I spent a lot of time together uh, talking about you know what it is we want to achieve out and the objectives of the business. And you know, Mark Mark's had a great business, been in the business for um, 28 years. Um, you know, he wanted this to be a chance to really grow and bring in you know, specialized partners and. And to do what we've done with your wealth hub, you know, and, and we've been able to use that um, to educate some of our Nolan Co clients at the same time. Um, for us, what has worked well is having a plan and executing to plan. Um, so, sometimes, you know, things come up, um, stuff doesn't always go to plan. I suppose probably one of the biggest um, lessons is, you know, when something's not going, going right, it's calling it early um, because it's only going to cost you longer term. So sometimes you get really emotionally attached to some of, you know, maybe a partner that's come on board or perhaps um, a strategy you're trying to, trying to play. Being able to recognise and calling it early so you don't kind of lose too much time and money over it is, is probably a big lesson and it's probably been a couple of those that we probably let go a little bit too long. But, you know, we're, we're in a good place now and it's, it's looking good. But I think in business in general, you know, being able to see if um, something's not going well, calling it early is important. Well, I suppose if, it, if it's not really working... Um your, your job's not really around, is it? It's, uh, well, so the fact that you're still employed is a good sign, isn't it? 
Well, we're, we're, we're still, still going. <laughs> you wouldn't come cheap, mate. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, like, with that, what you, well, with what you guys have been doing in the corporate space, it's sort of, um, I'm really keen to sort of bring it tight as much back into the broader advice community and, and sort of look at um, how, what sort of concepts they can get out of it and apply to a lot of the unengaged clients that most practices have. What, what, are, what are maybe some of the things you do you would adjust or focus on if you were doing that approach and, and focusing on a, a, I guess, a book, a, a, a group of clients that are just linked to a product? Yep, yep. Um, talk to them. First thing I would do is talk to them, find out what they're thinking. Um, you know, we've, the, 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 the Gen Y under 25 session we did came out of a combination of knowing that they're going to be our next generation of clients, but equally we had a whole a large number of existing clients where their kids didn't feel engaged with their finances and their parents were taking to retirement concerns around what's going to happen to my kids. They're going to inherit all this money and not really know what to do with it, how to respect it. And they're concerned they're going to blow it. Mm. So for us, we got a whole bunch of them in and said, this is what we're thinking. This is what we want to do for you guys. And we talked about cash flow and all the great tools out there and, and uh, property and whatnot. I said, yeah, that's good. But, we want to understand, you know, I don't think we're even going to buy anything. You know, renting versus buying, is it even worth me even renting? Like, well, I should just stay home for longer. So we, we refined a whole bunch of our messages so we could you know, better target um, the people that we wanted to engage with. So, you know, for people who do have clients that are perhaps dormant or haven't done much, first and foremost, find a bunch of like-minded ones together and ask them, what, 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 is, what, is, what are you concerned about? What is it that's keeping you up at night? And where do you want to be in, in three years? What do you want to achieve short term? But where do you want to be in 10 years? How do you want your balance sheet to look, your personal balance sheet? Um, I tell you what, you get some pretty pretty eclectic answers. You know, people want to travel the world. People want to kind of go out and, and feel financially wealthy, independently wealthy. But whatever it is, you get enough people thinking the same way. There's going to be others who feel you know, not too dissimilar to, to what they're saying. So... It'll work. And then it's about marketing and having something that's different, not talking in um, you know, product terms or talking in industry speak. It's about taking your message to the people in a language they can understand. And um, the last one that we did for, for Nolanco that's been really successful is having people ring our clients a couple of times a year, just seeing how they're going, just, just an ad hoc, off-the-cuff chat. And, you know, at, in that space of time, we've been updating contact details, finding a bit more about them, and off the back of that, we end up getting a whole bunch of interest in, in new services that we offer as well. So for us, it's been um, it's pretty good. You know, we've been re-engaging and engaging and creating. You said it just comes back to what um, the guys that used to when I when I when I was in A and P Horizons used to come in and tell us it's just about activity, guys. Is that what you're saying, Gavin? I wouldn't say it's activity, 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 because that's what they were teaching. <laughs> But it kind of is. You know what? It is. And, you know, every chance you get to get that message out is a marketing opportunity. And whether that's on Facebook, Twitter, um, through different blogs, through articles you may be writing for the industry, whatever it may be, it's all about brand awareness and credibility. And I think, I think in some cases we can go super crazy and put lots of brand credibility pieces out there and neglect kind of what our core is. At the end of the day, our, our clients are at the center of everything that we do. And, you know, one of the things that I've tried to bring from corporate into small business is every decision we make has to benefit the client. If it's not going to benefit the client, then we're not going to do it. Simple as that. So, you know, 
there's, a, there's simple rules that we should be applying in our businesses. Um, marketing ourselves and our brand is, is super important. Uh, makes it so much easier for clients to be, I, I like to call it a raging advocate for what we do. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, really that's someone who stops mid-conversation at the barbecue or somewhere where someone says, oh, yeah, my financial plan does this, but I'm not this. Your client, if they're a raging advocate, will stop and say, no, no, you need to speak to Adrian. He's done this for us. He's amazing. He's always in touch. That's, that's success in our industry. That's success for us. We have raging advocates for clients. Um, I think for me, that's what I tell the team here is that that's, that's the gauge of success. And um, if everything we do is centered around them, then we'll do a really good job and people will come to us all the time. Do you, do you have any, um, I guess, have you managed to keep any stats around refer, client referrals or anything like that? Is, is that something that yeah. you're across? Yeah, we, we don't, we don't, we haven't captured the stats as yet. It's a good question. Call me off guard. That's great. Um, no, no, we, um, we see the majority of, of lead activity that we have comes from us kind of continuing to engage our existing client base from Nolanco and for through your wealth hub and, and using Strictly Super as an example in that pool, we're constantly kind of marketing to those guys and, and talking to them about different things. So we've got 24 touch points a year for both of those programs. Um, so there's a lot of activity, varying activity from kind of you know, phone calls and education sessions and um, newsletter edu- educational updates. Um, there's lots of varying different things. Mm. So, you know, you, you, you get to see what's going on. But for us, a big part of the Nolan Co. increase has come from just re-engaging and, and talking to our clients that have been probably you know, a little bit unloved over the years and now they're feeling more love. And I think every time that you speak to these guys, they kind of come a little bit closer. And the closer they are to our camp, the more uh, more of a chance we're going to have to ask them the critical questions they are going to lead to them saying, you know what, I need to be doing business with you. And in turn, they become a raging advocate. So it's incremental, but we're, we're, doing, we're doing well. Yeah, awesome. Well, the, um, for the people watching live, uh, feel free to throw in any questions. We've got a few more minutes with Gavin. I'm, I'm curious about what you see. You've, you've done a bit of looking over into the US and uh, you're very curious, curious fellow, Gavin. You, you like to stay on the pulse. What are, what are some of the things you see opportunities in the industry coming forward and um, what are some, some of the things you've got not, uh, your eye on? Yeah, um, I think, I've seen a lot of um, talk recently about robo-advice and if it is and isn't working in Australia and um, people talk traditionally about sample sizes of data not being big enough and, you know, I'm a, whatever, whatever kind of brings more attention to people getting support and help, I think is a great thing for our, for our industry. Um, our profession is built off, you know, the advice that we have or the information we have and us sharing it. And I think between financial advice firms working together, trying to think of new ways that we can kind of talk to more people, I think is a, a really, really a good kind of initiative I think we need to be doing more of. In the States, they seem to be doing a lot of that. There's a lot of sharing. I know FinCon's coming up and, you know, you start to look through the agenda and kind of how people are working and collaborating. You know, that's amazing. I think having more people working together is only good for for advice in Australia. Um, using you talking tools, about advisor a bit there then, Kevin? Was that, was that, I, I may have may have touched on that, but yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the live, is that the live feed that's happening from over there? Is that right? Yeah, I will be doing a live one. Absolutely, yeah. So we might, we might get you involved there. <laughs> oh, unless we can get some, some big hitters. Who, who's going to be there? Who are you looking forward to? Um, oh, geez. Um, 
That's a good question. Um, I've been scanning the agenda and I'm trying to put through a hit list of who I want to see first and foremost. And there is so much good content on there as a whole. I, I, I probably don't have a top, uh, but I think all in all, it's going to be my first FinCon, but I think, um, yeah, I don't know. Jeez, who's going to be the best? Everything looks amazing. The whole thing looks great. I think it's yeah. worth jumping along. Um, well, you're going to have some good tour guides over there for you. Um, Peter Dimitides, uh, oh, yes. Steve Crawford will probably be there. He loves yeah, that. Steve will be there. Yeah, I heard he's coming along. Yeah, it should be really good. Um, yeah, I think as well. Yeah, in terms of, yeah, yeah, it should be good. I, I'm looking forward to see what else comes out. You know, one of the big finds, I think, in the last couple of years was um, Acorns and micro investing. I'm a big fan of it. I think it's a, mm. it's a really great way to take you know, incremental savings and put it to a good cause, but teach people at the same time. Um, mm. That's been working really well. My, my plan is something that we've looked at um, and we're looking and have been kind of working on implementing into our business with samples at the moment. So that's looking, looking very strong and very positive. I think anything that kind of raises the profile of kind of people's personal finances and making it easy, um, mm. I think it's a really, really big thing. So like my, my prosperity, I think for us has been, has been really good and looking at what they're doing to introduce more benefits into and, and kind of tools. Yeah. It's there. an exciting space. We're, we're going to have Chris Ridd on in a few weeks as well, actually. So. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Very switched on guy. Um, yeah. Look, I think, I think anything in that space that comes up is, is great. I think in advice practices, you know, I mentioned pipe drive before that's you know, something that we recently got onto. Um, you know, we use X plan for our kind of threads and processes um, and our kind of compliance back end, but you know, the more and more we kind of you know, explain probably like this, but the more and more we kind of move along and you know, what we want to do functionally for our clients and how we need to deliver a better service, we have to look at these different types of um, software that specialise in aspects of what we do. Mm. And hesitantly, we don't want to be using you know, lots of different software, but at the end of the day, the efficiency it brings, it just speaks for itself. You just got to do it. Yeah. Just yeah. Do it. So, yeah. yeah Mate, you've been you've been uh, you've been great in sharing how you guys operate and and uh, what you guys are delivering to I guess the what might be termed the other eighty percent of the population. Um, yeah. so it's good to know they're getting something, um, and it's good to know that some of them are making the journey into full service financial advice along along the way. It's um it's really cool what you guys are doing, and um, yeah, uh, big shout out to Mark and the team that are, um, that are running it and having a crack. So. Um, if anyone's got any other questions for Gavin, just pop them in the in the Facebook group there. Um, tag him in there. He's in there. You'll be able to um, answer and put him on the spot. Um, well, I can sometimes be not as hard hitting as some people might want me to be around the numbers, but yeah, throw him in there. He won't. He, he'll be on show, so he won't, he'll have to answer the questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, thank you, Gavin. Your wealth hub, and a big thank you to AIA. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right, thanks very much.